Hey guys, welcome to episode 3 of the Muse Chasers podcast. My name is Mike Neal, and on the last episode I sat down with rapper and singer Quan and talked about a little bit of his life and his work and just had an, an amazing conversation. And to just be point blank with you, he's actually one of my favorite artists. It was a bucket list interview for me, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now... If you haven't heard that, make sure you go check it out. But on this episode, we're talking to a man who's a director, a writer, an actor, and he is just just an amazing guy all the way around. If you're into Westerns, if you're into Walking Dead, stay tuned because this guy is involved with all of it. So without further ado, here's the episode. And always make sure no matter what you do in life, make time. To create something, creativity breeds happiness, and make sure you're chasing your muse. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, if I'm so tired tonight, I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm guys so i'm sitting here with writer actor and director bill foster how you doing today bill i'm doing great thanks for having me uh thank you so much for coming on man um i guess we'll get to uh like what where you're from well i'm from uh central texas i live uh just uh west of Elion, which is about two hours southwest of fort worth now were you born in texas Yes, sir. I was born in Dallas, and then uh, we moved to our family farm out south of Wichita Falls when I was in sixth grade. And I finished high school out there, and then went to college at East Texas State in uh, East Texas. And then I've uh, been kind of all over Texas as a teacher, principal, and superintendent, and retired in January of 16 and then started playing. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So, so what <laughs> I did... guess playing is some days it doesn't feel like playing, but <laughs> doing what I want to now. So, what did you teach? I was a teacher. I was a vocational agriculture teacher. Oh, okay. So I, ta- I taught kids how to weld and build uh, buildings and uh, animal science and horticulture and all those different facets. Okay, that's pretty awesome. That, that's a great trade. I'm, a, I'm actually a maintenance technician myself during the nighttime. So, that's I, I, about the kind of field I'm in. So, that's, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. So, um... So after you got done teaching and doing all that, you decided to make a movie. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, it started in when I was uh, just retired. I hadn't been retired very long, and and I answered a uh, casting call to the Sun, which was AMC TV series West of with Pierce Brosnan, and I was just hoping I could get maybe a uh, be a you know somebody in the old West walking down the street, and I ended up getting being cast as a as a uh, recurring character featured extra. Oh wow! And so every time I applied since then, I just seem to keep getting cast as a featured extra. And I've had a few movies, a few places with lines in them, but uh, I'm also a writer. So I wrote the script, and it's about 30 pages. And so I got ready to enter the contest, and so I noticed you had to be over 50 pages to be a uh, feature length, which I wanted. So I wrote to 51 pages, 
And my initial thought when I was going to make the movie is going to be nice and cheap and do it with an iPhone and three or four actors. Maybe make a trailer. It might turn into a movie. Well, now we've got over 200 actors in a video, full video crew and everything like that. So it just, it just blossomed into something I can't believe. Now, are you recording the film with iPhones or are you using cameras now? We're using cameras. Yeah. I started, I never did do it with an iPhone. Now, before I did anything, I, I entered a contest where I filmed it with an iPhone and actually uh, won, but the contest went belly up before they got through and the judge, which I knew about him, and he'd come and say, well, you won, but there's nothing to give you because we're in a lawsuit oh, with the wow. sponsor right now. <laughs> so, you Isn't... know, that kind of wet my whistle because I got to, you know, edit. You know, I filmed it all with my phone, and then I just had a movie maker app, and I just edited it with that and put it all together, and it ran real smooth, and I sent it in, and I was like, wow. So I, I'll, I'll do this again. But little I know, it actually got big time kind of real quick. Wow, and I, I know there's been some big movies that's actually been f- filmed with iPhones. That's that's the reason yeah. I asked. Yeah, and I did a lot of research, and I was ready to go forward with it until I met my videographer. And then w- once we got him on board, then it just snowballed into more actors than what I ever imagined. So I'm glad I went with the camera rather than the phone. Yeah, so so uh, what what is some films that you've actually been featured in, that you've been in? Uh, Alita Battle Angel. I was wow. in it. Uh, when uh, Christoph Waltz, you know, he's got the injured arm and he leaves his office and Alita follows him trying to figure out where he's going and he walks down that dark uh, dark street. There's a drunk laid over the side. He stops and looks at him and he keeps walking. That's me laying there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I got about four and a half seconds of, of big time screen with me and Christoph Waltz and nobody else. Uh, Did you get to uh, meet him? No, no, I didn't ever because, you know, they try to keep you away from the stars, but I could have. I sat there in my spot, and I didn't even know it, and I turned around, and he was standing right behind me. He just leaned up against the wall. If I know that, I would have talked to him. And then I've got to be uh, some really good scenes of Pierce Brosnan on The Sun. I was in five episodes of that where you could actually see me and see me at. And then uh did on Fear of the Walking Dead. Got some good close-ups in that before they killed me turned me into a zombie. And that's that you can't tell which one I am. <laughs> you know, it's they're all so ugly. Now, how was how was that whole process of being turned into a zombie? Oh, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, there's there's some secrets we can't tell, but it's it's a lot of fun. You go to zombie school so you can learn how to walk, and if you can't learn how to walk, they put you in the really far back. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm six foot four, so they like me up front where I can reach through windows and reach over people and. You know, they put so- shorter zombies in front of me, and you get that kind of a three-depth perception when, the, when they're shooting the film. And, and yeah. So, uh, so it, it, it's a lot of fun. But I tell you, you know, you watch the movies and TV series and stuff. One thing I realized real quick, you don't know what temperature it is when you're filming that, when you're watching. Because we were filming Summer Fear of Walking Dead in 35 degrees, a cold wind blowing out of the north, uh, just nearly freezing the ground at, because it rain and sprinkled on us to uh, 100 degrees in in a field with the latex mask on where the sweat's just running off of you. You can't get enough water in. So, you know, you just never know what the picture is when you're filming. Now, how long how long would it take you to get the whole get up on the zombie mask and so everything? They have, they, have, they have different ones, you know, uh, different different uh, makeups for different ones and and I was always a, what they call a mass zombie. So it, 
you know, it would take a little while to get it done. They're the ones that's really made up, they're, they're so fast that they've done it good every day. You know, it takes about 30 minutes. It takes longer to clean up than it does getting ready, actually. Wow. So but I was teasing one day, uh, you know, because you, you, you get your costume and it's nice and clean when you do your, your eating. And then when you show up on set, they've dirtied it up, you know, to make it look like a zombie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was joking one day. I said, somebody's been wearing my costume, got it all dirty and whipped it all up. Somebody walked over. <laughs> they do that in costume room. Nobody did that. I They thought I'd do it. <laughs> wow, I didn't get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> so how many episodes of uh, Fear the Walking Dead did you do? Well, I was in season four and season five, so I was probably uh, in uh, probably half the season in season four as, uh, because I was a vulture, and, you know, the vultures were trying to overthrow the main uh, stars, so you know what the end result is at always when you yeah. try to overthrow the main stars. But, uh, and then after they killed me, they brought me back the last few episodes as a zombie, and then they cast me in season five as a zombie, and I had to take the middle of the season off because kind of broke my leg filming on my movie, and so I had to take two months off, so I missed the middle part of the season. Then I was able to come back and finish up the last part of the season. Uh, and how did you break your leg? My horse fell on me. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, I thought it was a dirt road, and when I turned him, it turned out it's asphalt underneath the dirt road. I was on a movie set, and that horseshoe just hit that asphalt, and it slipped out from under him, and he came crashing down on my leg. And That was about noon on Saturday, and I went ahead and uh, act and directed the rest of that day and 12 hours the next day. And Wednesday had a plate put in my leg. <laughs> wow. And that was on your film? Yeah, that was on my film, Showdown on the Brazzers. All right, well, well, you want to talk about that? Because I, I, I watched the trailer for that. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I probably watched it 10 or 15 times. It is. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you got a bunch of views just for me. So uh, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to tell that, you what, that, man. That, uh, that trailer's hilarious. I mean, well, it's, it, it is just the, it has just the right amount of humor in it and uh-huh. i'm super excited about it well that's the way the whole movie is i try to mix when i ride i try to mix uh humor with the series so you get a roller coaster of emotions and believe it or not that trailer we shot two days the first two days we shot he went and pulled enough for that trailer off the first two days we filmed and of course we filmed probably uh 15 more days since then and we're hopefully come out with another trailer but the trailer and the screenplay and the poster are up for uh, their finalist in a Wild West Festival this coming weekend, a week from today. And we're going to fly out to Tucson this weekend and, and hopefully get the trifecta out there. But, but no, the showdown of Brazos, like I said, I wrote it. And then it was about 60 pages, maybe 70. I'd stretched it. And then once I did casting calls, I would have like three actors that would try for one part. And I was like, I got to have all three of you, so I had to add more characters to get them all in there. <laughs> and now the the script is, I think, 123 pages long, and uh, so you know it's about two Texas Rangers. Uh, that one has uh, quit being a Texas Ranger due to his family got killed by some outlaws, and the other one continue to be. And then one day, while the uh, Ranger that's no longer a Ranger, he's riding out pushing his cows. His partner rides up and gives him a commission letter from the governor. And he tells him, you know, I'm not ranger anymore. He said, well, you need to read the letter. And he reads the letter, and he's a commission to go after the outlaws that actually killed his family a few years before. So he said, okay, I'll ride one more time just to get even with these outlaws. Now, this time, justice and vengeance rides the same horse. And so 
we pack up and we head to the town of Brazos where they don't know whether I'm an outlaw or, or a lawman and they can't figure out what to do with me. They don't know if they want to kill me or get, make an outlaw. And uh, we do that for a while and then we have a showdown in on the Brazos, which is a fictional town called Brazos on the Brazos River. So uh, the, the, this outlaw gang has just come in and completely taken over the little town. And we have to go in there and sort through and I tell my partner, we're not arresting anybody. We're going to either kill them all or die trying. So that's wow. our plan as we go riding in. Now, nowadays, you don't see a lot of Western movies. That's, no, what, that's what, one thing that really intrigued me about this, because I, I, I love a good Western. Yes, and come to find out, there's really a research, resurgence in Westerns uh, starting, and there's the overseas market can't get enough Westerns. They're just begging for Westerns. And so when I heard that, I sure was happy. <laughs> we just started uh, pre-production. I was like, hey, maybe we hit something here. But, uh, you know, when dis- distribution hits, you know, you could actually have three different distribution contracts, you know, one here in the continental and then one in Asia and one in uh, Europe nations. So uh, uh, we're looking forward to that. It's going to get pitched to the distributors in November. So we'll see where we go from there. So where, where are, have you finished filming or? We like two half days. Um uh, we, we were going to film today, but we couldn't get a family in together, so we had to postpone that just a little bit. And uh, so we just like two days, and then we'll be through, and it'll go full post-production. But uh, we're doing some post-production right now, trying to get some clips together that they can pitch to distributors. You know, when, we, when I'm the, the, my videographer, and he's also, I moved him up to my assistant director also. He's only 22. Wow. And, uh, when, when I hired him, he's 21. And a lot of people told me not to, but I really like the kid and I like his creativity. And he's really just hit a home run every time he gets behind the camera. But I also wanted that that generation's input on what they like to see in a movie. Besides, you know, I'm 57. I know what I want to see. And I know what people older than me want to see. But I wanted to see what his age group wanted to see in a movie. So we're trying to hit, you know, both both genres there of people. And... uh so we're getting to see, you know, trying to get a little bit of both in there and still keep the integrity of the movie. And so we're trying to get some clips together now that they can take it out to Santa Monica and pitch it and see what we do. But anyway, we're in a meeting, and uh, I said, we could try to sell the screenplay, and then it just kind of sits on somebody's desk. We could make a trailer, and then the distributor, I said, we'll ask, where's the movie? We don't have a movie. So I said, let's just shoot the whole thing. And everybody kind of looked at me. I said, no, if I'm going to be in charge of it, that's what I want to do. Okay, let's do it. Well, the uh, people that thought they know things, you know, you, you get those different levels of people in the business. Mm-hmm. Out, and the very first ones, the very lower level people, oh, you did it all wrong. You, you can't do it that way. You got to do this. You got to get this. You got to do that before you ever come to this part. It's like, I'm doing it. I guess I'm doing it backwards in, but this is the way I want to do it. Now I'm starting to meet the higher up, and they're saying that's the best decision we made and the whole production team of getting it done. So that way, when the distributor says, I love the trailer, I love the clips, how when can you get the movie to me? It'll be just a matter of time. You know, we don't have to shoot it. It's already shot. All I got to do is put it together at that point and get it to them. So, uh, you know, we're excited about the possibility of, of getting it out there next spring or summer and seeing what happens. Now, are you being a big part of the, uh, like, the editing process? Like, I'm over the shoulder editor, you know, yeah. <laughs> armchair editor. He, uh, Josh, my videographer right now, he's working up by himself, and we've got somebody that if we don't sell it to where they come in and, and edit all of it, because there's so much that he'll put some scenes together, and I'll tell him 
you know, I like it or I need some more time on this or that or I like this shot better, let's put that in there. And so, uh, you know, we're going to try to work some this week because we're getting to the point where we're just going to get together and, and start putting it together uh, one step at a time. Uh, he had started on it trying to get the scenes from start, to, you know, from day, not day one, but page one moving forward. But now that we've got a different focus, we're, we're trying to get together three or four of our best scenes out of the movie, get those cut. And then we assigned a uh, composer the other day that's going to do the soundtrack to the to the movie. Oh, that's and huge. So, yes, and so I'm going to send it. We can send the scenes to him. He can get a sound, get composing, and get some soundtrack to it. And then uh, then we can send it out there to uh, to Santa Monica. But I don't know if you know Evan Evans. Uh, his dad was Bill Evans, uh, I think eight-time Grammy Award-winning jazz teams. And this is Bill's son. And so he he was I would say a child prodigy when he was little, but he's grown up now. But he's got a lot of you know different ones. He's trained under some really good people, and and so uh, I really liked. I, I sent out questionnaires, and, and he answered the questions the best of all of them. And so when I visited with him, it felt like we've known each other forever. And so that that makes your decision a lot easier when you when you find somebody like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, uh, that that music. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, a music can make or break a scene. Oh yeah, yeah. You can have, you know, music. I think is the second most important thing. You editing is number one because you can have the best actors, best shots, best story. But if you can't edit it, put it together, make a story out of it, you you got you have nothing. You know, how many times have you turned the movie on and in five minutes you change the channel? You got to grab their attention and. Or you try to watch it and you, you say, I'm sticking with it for 20 minutes. You're like, I have no idea what's going on. So you change channels. So you got to tell that story, but yet that music's got to move the emotions of the viewer. And I wrote a play also, and this play was put on uh, this spring in Brownwood. And they performed it nine times and had nine standing ovations. And I told the director, I stayed out of it. I just let them do it. I said, you can move people with the music that is based in the 1960s. I said, you play some of that good 1960s music, and you're going to have everybody in the palm of your hand. And sure enough, she did. And it was amazing to sit back and watch. Now, now what was that about? It's about a, a Vietnam POW, about a Marine that looks at a couple that fall in love. And as soon as they get married, he gets drafted into the Marines, and he gets captured and sent to Vietnam. And so the, the stage is split. He gets captured as put in a Vietnam POW camp. So on the stage, on the right-hand side, there's a POW camp. And on the left-hand side, it's the kitchen back home where his wife is. And she's still living with mom and dad because she had to move in with them. And so you see the daily struggles of both sides of what's going on. Wow, that that's a a pretty different perspective. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of uh, like a film. It's a, being yeah. a, a, just on stage. Yeah, we, we've got some people that's wanting us to turn it into a movie, so uh, I'm saying put some money where your mouth is, and we're dang sure do it. <laughs> I have to do a little bit of rewriting, which that doesn't bother me. But And what was really neat is uh, this old man, elderly man came out, you know, because after the show, all the actors, and I would stand with the actors and greet all the audience. This man came out, and he, he barely would look at me. He was crying too hard, and he just waved and walked on. Well, he got the main actor who played the, the soldier and gave him the side. He said, I was a... POW in Vietnam, and I just want to let you know that he played it perfect. Walked on, and to know that there was a person in the audience that's actually a POW that 
it was just amazing. You know, it was just nearly surreal. That, that makes it all worth it, don't it? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was unbelievable. Kids and the, the actors, they just, oh, they were amazing. So I'm looking, hopefully that will take off, and we're going to try to spit that to more people's hands. Now, now you wrote books too, right? Yes, yes. I've had a, a Western novel, Showdown on the Guadalupe, which is totally different than Showdown on the Brazos. It came out January 16, and I've got a, another novel that's going to be out this fall called I Heard the Quail Whistle, which is another Western. And uh, if I hadn't been so busy with the movie, I'd have some more published by now. But I've just been so wrapped up in this movie the last two years. But uh, the Quail Whistle book, my wife challenged me to write something that had a woman as a hero and a heroine. And so I did. So it's a Western that's actually a woman as a hero, and uh, which is a kind of a different take on how the old West was born. So I really like the way it turned out. I didn't know about it when I first started, but I really liked the way it turned out. I, I I think that would uh that would go really well over with younger people nowadays. Yeah, in fact, I, I've got it signed with a company that's trying to find funding, and he said, "Which one do we do? Shut on the Guadalupe or, or Quail Whistle book?" And I said, "Let's go to Quail Whistle." Because I think that would go over better right now with the woman as a hero, and uh, you know the good old western shoot 'em ups always going to go over, but I think right now with the woman the hero, I think that will uh, really capture the audience. So. That's our next project, keeping our fingers crossed, and hopefully somebody else will pay for that. <laughs> but, you know, Showdown of Brazos will help sell the Quail Whistle movie. You know, because if they know what we can do, then they'll be coming more likely to invest in our product. And so hopefully that's where it's going to turn out. Oh, yeah. Now, with... And that one, that one will be, a, you know, a bigger budget, and we'll have to go somewhere else and, because we need Open Prairie and things like that. So it'll be a really neat movie to film. Now, when when you were a kid, were did you ever think about acting or directing or anything like that, or were you, did you write anything when you were a kid? Well, when I on the writing side of it, my grammar was terrible, but the teacher always would read my stories because the creativity was always there. And then uh, on the acting side, um, I was in second or third grade, and the teacher started asking everybody what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I was going to say movie star because I love John Wayne, Elvis Presley, and all that. Mm-hmm. So the girl next to me said she's going to be a movie star. Everybody laughed at her, so I thought, I don't know why laughed at me. So I told them something <laughs> different, <laughs> you know. But you know, they kind of went away for a while, uh, you know, got through high school, college, and then started writing probably 15 years ago. And, and you know, because a book will take you a year or two years to actually write it, edit, and all that kind of stuff, because I, I can't just sit down and write it because I've got everything else going on. And, uh, so it takes quite a while, but but uh, well, just like this movie, you know, we're we're going on two years on it right now, just uh, getting the movie together. So it's a it's a long process. Yeah. Uh, now, is your wife involved with the the movie at all? Or yes, yes. Well, she's my book editor. She was an English teacher, so I, she's my editor, and then she she does everything she can behind the camera, helping out because small crew, small small production getting big things in the camera but uh you know she's delivering water she's getting people set for the next set you know let's call it, she's like a pa a production assistant yeah uh, getting, every, getting all the actors ready for the next scene and you know being in school business everything has to be organized and so when i started this thing i said this is going to be organized to the 10th degree and so far we have because people would say you can't shoot over six pages a day and you're sitting here at 120 you're going to be there for months well, I, I was shooting 12 to 20 pages a day, 
on some scenes, just depends on what we were doing. And a lot of that's just trying to get all the scenes, like if we're in a saloon, we shoot all the saloon scenes first. They don't make a lot of sense because they're not tied together, but we're just, we're not jumping around from place to place. We get the camera set up, shoot all the scenes we can there. And so I think that has been a key to getting this thing done is as few days as we've, as we've done trying to get it together. Have you come across uh, you know, anything like, or any moments where you've seen, you're like, man, we really need to reshoot that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We hadn't had, a, as far as getting back and looking at it on the camera, we hadn't had that moment yet. I'm sure there will be some, but definitely on the set when you're shooting it. Uh, and then there's been times like, this isn't working, let's just move on. Let's do something different. Let's get somebody else in there. That person's not working. Uh, and so, you know, you just try to do your best with what you've got. But so far, you know, I'd say 90% of everything we've shot, I think we're going to be able to use it. In fact, we're about to cut it down because we want it under two hours. Josh, my videographer, keeps telling me to quit adding pages. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, Now, the set, did you guys, like, is that something you guys come across or is that something that you guys built? No, we came across it. I filmed some movies there at the Buggy Barn in Blanco uh, before, and so I searched around, and and I just really liked that place. It fit everything I needed for the town of Brazos. And uh, we filmed there. We filmed in Fort Belknap, which is an old uh, Indian-type fort that's actually a fort from the old 1860s uh, in Texas that I knew about, and they let us use that for free, which is amazing, and thankfully. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then come find out we were the very first movie ever filmed there. I thought for sure they'd film documentaries or something. They said, "No, we are the very first. So, oh, wow. uh, and then my cousins own a place that uh, has some Brazos River footage, and so we were able to film in the actual Brazos River some river scenes there. Um, I knew about another set, and we just filmed there last Saturday, and because it was you know to be a wholly d- different town, and so you know you get a di- different look. Mm. And so uh, we're just about to wrap. You know, all we like now is, a, is some scenes with a friend of mine. He's got some longhorns, and that's going to be one scene. And then back and forth, bailed out for a little scene. And then uh, there's a doctor here that owns a herd of buffalo. He, he volunteered those to be in the movie. So we, I'll have a little scene so we can get those buffalo in the movie. So just something to add to the character of the movie. Now, how, I mean, how many how many buffalo and uh, longhorns are you talking? Just a couple? Oh, or? Probably thirty or forty of. Each. Oh wow! So, uh, how, how many horses did you have on set? Uh, well, I've got my well, probably half a dozen at the time. Different people would bring their own horses. But now, when we were at Fort Belknap, we probably had twelve, fifteen horses. Had two two wagon teams. People just showed up out of the woodwork. I advertised. You know, I'd get an email, would you like a wagon with a team there? Well, sure I would. And they show up. <laughs> you know? Wow. We, we, they allowed us to camp out there in the, on the fort. And all night long, I just kept hearing cars come in. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. And I got up next morning, there's just lines of trailers and horses and buggies and wagons and everything else. And it's like, man, people came out of the woodwork for this. Everybody wants to be in a movie and, they, you know, a one-shot deal. If they can drive there, you know, and get in the background, get to what it's like, they'll do that. And some people, you know, that's what they're trying to do and trying to break it. Um, so it's kind of a combination of the two. Uh, Jeff Davis, who's an uh, actor, stays busy all the time in Hollywood. He's in my movie. And uh, then I've got a couple more that all they need is the right person to see them and they'll be big time. So 
a lot of them have gotten a lot of work just from that trailer you mentioned. And, and uh, my videographer, he wasn't doing hard at anything when I hired him, and he's been so busy since I started him with the trailer and a few other things. So it's hard to really schedule time to shoot the movie now or time, find time to edit. <laughs> That's amazing how much support you've had for it. Yes, it is. You know, over 200 actors. And, you know, when Jeff applied, I was, I just nearly fell out of my chair. I was like, you want to be in my movie? But he'd read part of the script because he had requested you on the sides. And I'd say it to him, he said, this is written, I want to do it. And I was like, well, let's work a deal. <laughs> so we were wow. able to. And, and of course, when I get that caliber guy in there, of course, I added a bunch more lines for him. And everybody upped their game since he stepped on set. Everybody got better. Now, who who is saying, Jeff's character in the movie? He's the preacher. Okay. Yep. He's the preacher who sends a letter of distress to the governor telling him we need help. And what we don't tell is they sent some, and they, they mentioned it, but they sent some Pinkertons in to clean it up, and nobody ever hears from them ever since. So the governor signs us in and raises it. So, <laughs> you know, I poked fun at the Pinkertons, which is actually the start of the FBI. But, uh, that uh, Jeff plays the preacher who's kind of the mainstay. He was there before the outlaws got there, and, and he sends a note in to uh, to the governor to try to help save the town. Please send help. I beseech you, as he says, to send help. Wow. It, it sounds like you've had just an amazing time throughout this whole thing, other than maybe you falling, breaking your leg. Yeah, uh, yeah that kind of put production on hold for about two months. Was that the was that the only accident you guys had? So far, yeah, or? pretty much. There's now there's one other one. Uh, Josh, the videographer's mother. She, in fact, she was the reason I was able to find her. And she, she actually probably we couldn't have done this movie without her because she was a principal. And one of my side jobs is I mentor first year teachers. So I, was, I went and observed a teacher on her campus and came out and was talking to her. And she introduced me to her son. And, and like I said, I hired him and got going. And she pushed him and. and uh, she came down there and, and visited the set, was just overjoyed with everything. And right after that, you know, she came down with cancer and then passed away in May. So, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, we were all shocked there. And that put us, you know, postponed filming for a couple of, for about a month on that. So, you know, those are two aspects. You know, wonderful, wonderful. I didn't seem like it didn't ever happen to anybody. And uh, it just happens to the best people in the world. And so, uh, you know, we owe a lot to her. In fact, we're dedicating the movie to her. So. And, and yeah. that's awesome. She had to come and see it. While yeah, it was being made. She had time. In fact, she went to the doctor, and they didn't have the results. But you know, she came on the, after the doctor's visit. She came down and visited the movie set. Got to watch us all weekend. Her and her husband and just took all kinds of pictures and, and was loving it and everything. And then got back home and found out the diagnosis. And she lived two or three months. And so, kind of weird, you know, like time does. But but uh, we don't always know what the good Lord has for us. Uh, no, that is the truth. So, um, but when it comes to your special effects in the movie, do you have somebody that works on that, or? Yeah, it's gonna. We're gonna have. We've got a guy named right now, unless of course the, we get it distributed before the end. And so we're kind of at a fork right now. Uh, if if it goes well, and they get somebody that's gonna uh, have a company come in and do that for us, so we can finish it faster. There'll be one person, but if we don't, then a man named Paul Foster, no relation. But we've met him, and he's really good, won lots of awards. He's he's taken on, he said he'd do the final editing, which would be some special effects. Not a lot of, you know, it'd be more like 
you know, making sure all the guns sound right and there's smoke coming out of the guns and, you know, blood spots here and there, but, you know, making sure all the sound is right and, you know, uh, everything's level, the music is right and add a few birds chirping here and there and things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, we don't have any explosions or anything like that, you know, so uh, we have pretty good gunfights in it, but other than that, that's, that's going to be about all the special effects we'll need. Now, is it anything that that like happened during the whole process of filming this movie? That, like something happened, you're just like, man, this I can't believe that. Like, it just surprised you. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I, the uh, all the people just showing up and helping you, but it was just like maybe something weird now that ordinary happened, or yeah. Well, one day, you know, number one, the first day, and everybody shows up. I just look around the crowd, and I had to choke back because I mean, there's seventy five, eighty people shows up in their period costumes, ready to go to work all for, you know, just feeding them lunch. And so, you know, I'm just overwhelmed by that. Then then the work starts. But uh, one day we're filming Jeff Davis in his scene. He's walking down the street and he stops to talk to the outlaws who's on one side of the town and the good people on the other side of town. He's crossing the street. And it's kind of cloudy that day and we've got our fog machines going. And that day I'm really behind the camera more in front of him in front of it. And watching that scene and when I said cut, man, I turned around to Josh, my my sister there and I said pinch me because right now that looks just like hell on wheels you know everything is, is right there the lighting the smoke everything I said if we can do this to the whole thing we got something and it's kind of an epiphany right then and then you know two or three other times you just when you see, the, see it behind the camera you see that look that you happen to capture just the perfect look I put my grandson in it he's never had any acting lessons never acted before in his life he nailed his lines better than some of the main actors, you know. And what, and then that's him in the trailer telling him, I never liked you, Mr. Jones. Oh, that's my okay. Grandson. And uh, I'm standing up on a pew looking down at him and looking at the camera. And when he said those lines, I, I made like a touchdown signal. And I was like, perfect. Right, right there. And that was great. You know, cold chills went up down my back because he said it, you know, two or three times just funky and you just want to grab him up and hug him, but he didn't want to do that because there's people around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you give him knuckles and move on, you know. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, there's been some scenes like that that just grab you and say, wow, you know, hope the whole movie ends up like this. So, I mean, what what's it like? Because this is your first, like, uh, like your first movie that you're directing. How is uh-huh. it being the director and then being in front of the camera, too? Uh, I'm going to say it's 60-40 right now because 60% directing and 40% acting. I like both of them. But I think on, on the next one, I'm, if if I do like the quail whistle, I may either be just a, just a bit part or not a great big part in it as far as acting because I really want to uh, be able to do one with a lot more equipment as far as you know big monitors where I can really watch and really do support creativity because – on the director side, it's a lot more creativity than the actor side. You create your character on the actor side, and you do what's written down. But as a director, you you place those people. You know, you paint that picture with people. And so, you know, I, I like the directing side better right now. I don't like having to get everything ready, you know, because yeah. when you're independent, you got to get all the props, all the costumes, the meal, the everything, all the people there, the scripts out. Uh, call sheets out, you know, you got to get all that yourself. So it would be really nice to have a whole crew to do all that and I can concentrate on directing and then, you know, and act a little bit in front of it and have a good assistant. 
Yeah, I, I really like the directing side of it. Yeah. How do you go about feeding that many people? <laughs> very, very carefully. I tried to find meals that doesn't cost a lot. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hot dogs, hamburgers. Uh, you know, we did McDonald's one day. A friend of mine cooked for us spaghetti. Uh, you know, just different things that would go a long way. Uh, to- uh, tortilla wraps, you know, around a uh, hot link, things like that that mm-hmm. kind of go a long way. Then, then people would bring stuff. I'd put the word out, bring some dessert or bring snacks or things like that. You know, just somebody brings a bag of cookies helps out with that many people. And so there's usually... 50 to 75 people at the, at the big set. And so, you know, uh, it'd take three or $400, you know, just a couple of days of feeding those. It's amazing how that stuff really starts adding up. You think you're going to have a budget and little stuff like that. You don't figure on, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. like, Oh, my budget's going down the drain quick. <laughs> but, you know, I've worked for some that said, lunch break, y'all go find your lunch. And they're not paying anything anyway. And they're like, we got to go buy our own lunch. We're working all day. We got to go and get a lunch. <laughs> I told everybody when we started, I said, I'm going to feed everybody. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm going to make sure we feed everybody. They don't have to leave or anything like that to get something to eat. So, well, if the food's there, you can get everything, everybody fed and get everybody back to it. That's right. That's exactly right. I had one actress go back to the hotel for something and we were trying to film. And we had to go find her because things move faster than what we thought. And they said, well, you said, you know, 10.30. And here I am at 10.30. I said, yeah, but we were ready for you at 10 after 10. You know, yeah. 20 minutes ago. Now, what's the longest span of time that you guys have uh, shot for? Like- uh, we usually hit right at 12 hours, 12, 13 hours. And then uh, by the time... From the time we arrive until the time we leave as a crew, it's usually about 14, 15 hours. And I, I, what's the biggest span of like days that you've done it in? Oh, we did uh, two weekends in a row. That, we did two, uh, Saturday and Sunday on one weekend. Uh, and we just camped out down there for a week and then filmed two more days. So two days at a time, but we did those two weekends. We got a lot done in those two weekends. Because during the week, we were building sets and props and everything else. So I thought we was going to have plenty of time just to sit around and, and around the fire and, and, and have a good social time that week and we end up working our tail off every day. <laughs> just building, you know, fake facade walls and things of that nature on the set. So, uh, so yeah, I guess you could say probably seven or ten days in a row one time. We filmed four days out of that ten and worked the other days just getting things ready. Now, uh, I mean, what uh, it sounds like you know, everything's went pretty smooth for you. And other than falling off the horse, is there any other obstacles that you had to get over while filming that you just didn't really expect to happen? Or uh, Probably the heat is the more than anything. Uh, you know, like uh, last week, the saloon we were in, we wanted to film a you know, kind of a crowded saloon. We just couldn't do it because the saloon wasn't air-conditioned. and It was just so hot. It's it well over 100 degrees inside that saloon. And you couldn't run any fans because, you know, sound would catch them. So we'd try to we'd rehearse with fans on and shoot scene and step outside and get a breath fresh air, trying to cool off. Uh, other than that, it's just been trying to schedule, you know, try to get everybody scheduled to the same place at the same time. The actors usually will show up, but it's trying to get, you know, videographer there and you think he's going to be there. And then some work shows up for him or the sound man or, or us or whatever. So just coordinating all has been, been, you know, a headache of its own. 
And if, like I said, if I ever do another one, I won't be able to go start on day one and not stop until we finish, you know, two or three weeks later. And, and not have a weekend here and a weekend there because you have the, you know, all your props and the costumes you pack and unpack, pack and unpack. It's a full trailer load plus your horses. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's a whole lot when you got to deal with animals. Yes. Now, uh, yeah, they say don't shoot with animals or children, and we did both. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, the, I, I filmed the children very first. I said, let's get these things done and out of the way. And we did that. And and then then we moved in. We said, okay, kids are out. You know, Saturday, Sunday, y'all are out. And so we moved on. And, you know, because kids, you're really, they're really strict on how you work kids on the set. And so, uh, that's why we want to knock them out as quick as we could, then move on to the other stuff. Well, that's awesome. You were, and how many kids did you end up having in the movie? Oh, about about uh, ten, ten or twelve, probably. Did, did any of them have any kind of experience doing it, or were they like a grandson a first them, time? There was a couple of them that were really good, got a lot of experience. There's a couple of them that have no experience. A couple of them we had to hide in the background. <laughs> you know, there's a man dying. You're not supposed to be laughing. <laughs> this guy just got shot through you you should not be laughing <laughs> uh, but other than that you know the kids did real well of course you got the drama mamas there watching and uh so and you know we we work through all of those and and keep on rocking and rolling you know and, and one of the things that they were shocked at is the law says is they can watch the kid film it. so they were i think they were so excited they got through that that they, they didn't have any complaints you know yeah it's uh if if they're on their filming, we filming inside church. We got all the parents put them in the back of the church so they could watch and explain the rules. Got to be quiet. Blah blah blah. Don't film while we're filming. Don't coach them. Uh, just let us do all of that. And so turned out real well. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. I, I I was very surprised when I watched the trailer. Yeah. On the yeah. trailer, you can see just a brief clip of them coming out of the school with the kids and. What that is, is the outlaws decide to uh, kidnap the kids and hide behind the kids and try to get me to come out and so they could fight them, uh, you know, fight face-to-face with me. And uh, they're using the kids as kind of a, as a shield, and, and that's where I use those kids, you know. And uh, that's where my grandson stands up to the outlaws and says, I never liked you, Mr. Jones. <laughs> but it uh, didn't, didn't, didn't help, help the situation, but he kind of stood up trying to protect his sister. Which he hides behind the piano, so they don't get hold of it. They get all the rest of them out. So it turned out pretty good. Now, now my granddaughter, she didn't like it at first because she thought the outlaws were going to get her. She was six years old. She'd go to, or five, no, she was five, four or five, four. Yeah, she was four at the time. She's turned five since. She was, she'd go to squall and she thought the real outlaws were going to get her. We had to convince her they were play, play like and, and do some things and, where uh, the mama, her mama was behind the piano with her and things like that to get her to go back there. So, you know, entice her however we could. Yeah, I've heard of that happening on, on films before. Um, I've seen where uh, Angelina Jolie, when she did that movie Maleficent, um, she had a interaction scene with a, a kid, and they had like a handful of kid actors that was supposed to come in and do the scene, and they wouldn't do it with uh-huh. her because they were scared of her. And uh, <laughs> the only person they could get to actually go up to her was her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what the kids going to, you know, what's going to scare them and what, you know, everything's good until we got the camera in there. They're not even outlaws, but she just went busting out crying, like, what's the matter, you know? 
So we were able to come back and reshoot that one scene, and she was good with it then. But uh, it just took a little while for her to figure out what was going on. And my grandson, you know, he he had to throw a book and hit an outlaw. And I told him, I said, now don't hit him with it. Just that, just start that direction. And the outlaw said, oh no, you go ahead and hit him with it. Hit him ten out of ten times. No. <laughs> He said, that kid plays baseball or something. He said, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, when the movie's all done and edited and put all together, how long do you think it's going to end up being? It's going to be between an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, right now, you know, we've got so much footage, it could be two hours easily. I don't want to cut it short just to be cutting, you know, because, you know, I don't want it to be uh, take a vital part out just so we can hit an hour and a half. It's two hours. A good movie, two hours, it's going to be great. If we need to take something that's not quite so good, some scenes out, and still tell the story, make it an hour and 45, or whatever, I'm up for that. You know, just you, know, you don't want it too long, uh, three hours or something like that, yeah. unless they turn it into a, you know, there's always that chance that the distributor says, hey, let's make it a series on on a, on a a some channel, you know. And, and so if that's the case, then, yeah, we can put everything in there. But, but between an hour and a half, two hours is our goal right now. Now, when you get it all complete, and completely finished and everything. Are you guys planning on having a screening somewhere or? Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna, you know, the film festivals won't let you show it publicly. Most of them, they want to be the first ones if you make it. So we're gonna have a uh, private screen for everybody that's involved in it because you can show it to your actors and production team and all that. So we'll have a private showing, probably in Austin somewhere. And then, of course, once we get it out there, then we'll definitely have some red carpet affairs for you know my my goal is once the distributor has it cheap enough rooms to where i can show it you know in different people's hometowns that are in it and have some of those actors come out with the movie and so that people can go watch the movie and meet some of the actors afterwards and so you know just get a little you know how often can you go to a saturday evening show and actually meet some of the actors that are in the movie so yeah that, that's kind of my goal with some of those so that so the the festivals and stuff won't let you enter the movie if it's been publicly shown somewhere. Some of them are some of them are that way. The big ones like South by Southwest, Austin, some of the bigger ones are that way. Now a lot of them aren't, and if we don't get in those, it's fine. Or if we maybe the distributor says, let's go ahead and get this out before uh, those festivals or or you know the the uh, deadlines of those to get in. Yeah, we'll skip those and we'll go ahead and get it out. It depends on. Uh, timing of everything, you know, because uh, like those film festivals, I can't remember what the. I think South by Southwest, you got to have it in like by uh, November for the next year, and so there's no way you, you know we're gonna get that. So uh, that'll put us way behind. So probably won't be able to enter it in that that one. So uh, we'll just see how distributorship goes, and then move on from there. Yeah, that's gonna be really hard for you to enter your film into a a. a... Uh, a festival like that then just have to sit on it for a year yeah yeah that's what i, I don't want to do i want to get all the irons hot uh, get out there and so if it if it is I have to sit there for a while get it out there while it's right but don't rush it to where you don't put out the best product you can put out you know, don't get in such a hurry you put out an inferior product you want to make it right before you get it out there so uh you know everything goes in that edit so if that edited and the story to it and then we want then we get to see it you know my family and i and the production team will get to sit down and watch it 
make any changes and go from there. And that's going to be an exciting time. And we all can just, the five or six of us can sit down and watch it for the first time. And then uh, the next exciting time when we have the private showing, uh, and I'm going to do a red carpet so that way all the extras or whoever, main actors, they all can walk down that red carpet and get their picture made and have a big deal over it. That sounds like it'll be awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now, uh, do they have do they have like big Western movie festivals? Uh, yeah, some of them are just like the one we're going to is, is just Western festivals. Some of them are just uh, you enter your screenplay and uh, it's mixed in there with all the other screenplays. Uh, that's a chance you take a lot of times. Uh, but once we get the movie made, now once that opens up a whole different set of festivals. And so a lot of festivals are just for Westerns. And uh, so we'll be internet as much as we can uh, once we get the, fit, the finished product ready. But of course, a lot of it depends on the distributors, what they say we can do with it too. Once we, once yeah. we ink that deal. That's a whole lot of tape. Yeah, it sure is. And you know, one of those surprises that I didn't know I was going to hire a lawyer. You know, I didn't know I was going to provide insurance. You know, oh, you mean I got to have insurance? Golly, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, you mean now I've got to have a lawyer? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you know, all the things that you find out you're employed to have, you know, you're just uh, amazed. At, oh, that, was, that wasn't in the budget. <laughs> so how how many people did you end up having on your film crew? Film crew? Yeah. Probably on an average five to eight. And that's including your sound and... Yeah, uh, sound and uh, three or four PAs, just uh, depending on kind of where we are and what we needed, what we could get, you know, uh, cameraman, assistant cameraman, lighting, and 90% of them are volunteers. You know, some of them we have to pay as far as being able to get them there, but a lot of them are just volunteers and show up and say, hey, how can I help? And I want to see how the movie's made. Can I help you do this? And so just having people, you know, bring everybody water. Pick up trash is a big deal. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, you get 80 when you people got together. 100 they, degree weather. Yeah, and you get 80 people together. They can put away some trash now. <laughs> you know, so, oh, yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> you try to make sure there's any water bottles in the sink and, and things like that. Well, Bill, uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on here, man. And uh, You bet. I've I, enjoyed it. I am super excited about your film. And I, I'm I'm hoping you get that uh, distributor ink, get that ink down, and I'll be able to watch it you know, as soon as possible. I know it'll probably be a while, but you know, I, I'm yeah. super excited about it. And uh, we'll once get, all once you get it distributed out, man, and uh, everything, we'll, we'll have to have you back on. Yeah, everything starts going fast then. You know, we think it's been a long two years to, unless you look back and see how fast everything is, is gone. And uh it's just, it's really amazing how, how fast it has come together the way we had to do it. And, and then all of a sudden here we're looking at maybe possibly getting a distributorship in, in November and seeing what's going to happen then. So it, it's a really exciting road. Now, uh, what, like one last question. Um, you know, if just somebody, if somebody wanted to get into, you know, directing or into acting, would you have any advice for them? Or maybe they're already doing it and they're not having that easy time that you're having and they're sure. having issues. Would you have any advice for them? Yeah. Uh, if they're wanting to act, 
I read an article and I follow that article like the Bible. It said, uh, you've got to, uh, if you want to act, you take everything you can get, whether it pays or not. You know, I've, I've gone a lot of miles and just got a bag of potato chips just to be an extra in the background. Uh, and then you find out, do you like it or do you not? You got to look, see what your obstacles are. If you live a long way from wherever your movies are made, and that's what you want to do, you like to move and get closer to where they're being made. Uh, and just got to get involved. You just got to keep applying, applying, and work those independents, get that resume because you got to have, you need that resume because, uh, you know, yeah, a lot of people can get some extra jobs as long as you have the right look and, and you can get to the job and be reliable on the job. But, uh, you know, you just got to keep, keep casting away and don't get discouraged on your first couple of rejections because they don't ever tell you rejected. You just don't ever hear anything back from them. Mm-hmm. So you just got to keep applying, keep applying. And then if you, if you want to start directing, start smaller. <laughs> don't start like I did to do it. Major. I would, uh, highly advise them write their own script, take their iPhone. You can, you can get all kinds of, uh, like movie making apps. That's, there's all kinds of fun ones. And just shoot your own movie. That actors don't have to be good, and just put it together and see how you like it. And you know, that's how uh, Robert Rodriguez started. You know, not with a phone, but he just bought an old secondhand camera, film camera, and just started shooting little things, and and ended up look where he is now. So yeah, I'd say start small, backyard, whatever, and then film, and just keep getting bigger after that. Just your imagination has no limits. Yeah, I think I remember uh, reading about Robert Rodriguez when he started. He was uh, he just looked around at what he had, and uh, he's like, "Okay, well, look, I got a bus. What can I do with a bus?" And just yeah. started writing stuff in like that. Yeah, yeah. And I've got about half his book read, and it looks you could write. You just change the names and put on the way it kind of started out. Mm-hmm. Some of the same problems and. and uh, the, the, the obstacles along the way and, and things like that. So, you know, and and I'll say this before we go, you know, I, I told Josh, my videographer, I still think, and if, you know, if you don't buy into your own movie and all that, there's something wrong. But in, And I don't brag enough on different things, but I will tell you that I told Josh, I said, I, I really think this is going to be one of the best independent movies that will come out for a while. Uh, just the, the costuming, the the camera angles that we're getting and the things coming together. You know, uh, I really think for an independent, you know, we got to film in the state capitol. Uh, we got, you know, use it for a prop. Wow. Uh, so, so, you know, as far as an independent, just usually independents are just filmed in one location. The story's not good. The acting's not real great. And, uh, you know, we've got really good actors and we've got some that's not so good, but we've got some budding actors and, you know, uh, every, and every movie's going to have those but uh, I really think top to bottom this is going to be one of the top independent, independent movies coming out now, I may change my mind after it comes back from Santa Monica, I don't know but hopefully we get enough clips together that I think will really sell the movie and I think it's going to come together and, and be a good one Alright Bill, well where, where, where can uh, people find you so they can keep up with all those? Okay, they can the trailers are always on YouTube under uh, Showdown on the Brazos. That's where our trailer is now. We're going to try to get another trailer out fairly soon. And then uh, you can always check out our IMDB page. I've got a Showdown on the Brazos IMDB page. A lot of behind-the-scenes pictures are posted there. Uh, I've got my own 
IMDB page, and then we've got our Facebook pages, Showdown on the Brazos and Bill Foster. And there's a lot of, uh, once you friend us there or just follow us there, then uh, you, you could see a lot of the background behind the scenes pictures uh, put on there that's on the Showdown on the Brazos. And, and you'll be the first ones to know when the new uh, trailer's coming out. So that's about five places they can keep up with us now. All right, Bill. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, always remember, whatever you do in life, take a little time out to, to chase a dream or chase that muse and you know, create create something. Be happy. And thank you, Bill. Thank you. Tonight, if I'm sad tonight.